Some ten years ago, the crew of the Carnal Sin, fleeing pursuit for a crime they definitely did commit, put ashore in a sandy chain of misty islands where an intemperate wind lashed the trees and brilliant flowers garlanded the woods. Some say, and it is hard to tell how trustworthy they are, that Captain Ramsay, unwilling to give up her spoils in the event of her capture, buried the loot somewhere in that ghostly archipelago, somewhere the sound of the waves couldn't reach. Of course, these same people, regardless of how trustworthy one finds them, say that it still waits there, the last hall of the carnal sin, which departed the island without so much as naming it. Now, stumbling in the footsteps of the carnal sin, the Westbreaker, injured and limping from a sudden storm, has found itself in a sandy chain of misty islands, lashed by an intemperate wind and, in more ways than one, rudderless. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. Ahoy, mateys. I am Captain Cat, king of this podcast. Ahoy, Captain. With me are my trusty first mate, Kathleen. Officer on deck. Kirsten, the ship's lucky kitty cat. Meow. And Nick, our crabbin boy. Correct. I was about to say, wait, you said that wrong, and then I thought about it. I'm like, no, no, that's right. <laughs> no, I thought I thought that one through. <laughs> yes, no, you beat me to the punch. You are correct. <laughs> so, previously on Sword of Symphonies, the Westbreaker was caught in a terrible storm, which the party managed to survive primarily due to the experience of the crew, the guidance of Mr. Cobbler, and um, some sheer dumb luck. And now they have dropped anchor near a sandy beach. The sun is coming up, the sky is clearing, and the mast is shattered. Clara, referring to the party as lumber jerks, has requested that they retrieve for her a suitable mast from the island's forest. Well, we don't exactly have a lot of lumber jerk equipment, but I'm certain we can make do. There's got to be an axe on here somewhere. Yeah, Tissa kind of looks at her spear tip and then like looks at the trees and then decides not to say anything and instead casts... Would you say that rolling is still around? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Casts rolling heat, sort of hoping to dry everybody out. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Tell me about rolling heat. Tell me how rolling heat manifests. The sensation would be similar to being under a heat lamp, sort of just ambiently on the main deck. Okay. It's a pretty simple spell. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm only going to ask you for two scatter for that. Works for me. Oh, thank you, Tissa. It's starting to get a little chilly up this far north. Um, you were also just in the sea. Like, just the entirety of it. The whole you was in it. It... Yeah. Wouldn't be the first The whole... The whole Mr. Cobb? Mm Mm-hmm. Went in the water? Yep. Again, not the first time. It's terrifying every time. Well, let's all head ashore. Yes, we do need to get to work on this, uh, repairing the mast. But more importantly, and Cobb kind of turns to Clara, 
Isn't there something you need to be doing as well? None of us know how to fix the boiler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on that. I'm on that. Don't worry about that. Okay. I can fix the boiler. I can fix anything. Uh... Here, I brought you this. It's a present. And she holds out an axe. Thank, thank you, Clara. And Cobble taken kind of like puts it sort of like on his back hip in his belt. Got the hanging the axe blade out of the top. Careful with that. I made it extremely dangerously sharp. You know, you don't really... Wood felling axes don't need to be that sharp, Clara. They will... Thank you. That's what I thought. Is a success on sensitivity focus enough for... Tissa to touch the thing and then ma- and then have Kathleen make a joke about, well, um, it feels kind of confused because it feels like it's a really old axe, but then the head got replaced, and then then the bottom part got replaced, and it's still really old, but it's an entirely new axe. <laughs> That's definitely enough successes. Cobb yeah. just kind of looks at Tissa. I feel the same way sometimes. Shall we go? Yeah, and when I replace the mast, and then I replace the rest of the Westbreaker, question mark, and she just shrugs. Okay. Yeah, let's get everybody down to the rowboats. Yeah, we don't know how long we're going to get but a lot of clear weather, so we should, we should work quickly on this to get back up and running as fast as we can. Besides, I think some of our supplies were damaged, so it might be worth checking the island for fresh water. Yeah, we'll get on that. Thanks. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll let you know what we find. Have fun. We'll try. Oh, and, and Cobb does this in the side. Unfortunately, Sot, we are going to need you here on the boat to help Clara out and uh, to look after Marcus, who is... Uh, is completely fine. Didn't... Completely I, fine. Is that... Mr. Cobbler. Is that you or your arm saying that? Is it me? Is is anything me? I'm completely fine. You are, and it's great, but you should probably also stay on deck so you can be warm. He just kind of raises a hand as if he's making he's making the I have a point against that gesture, but never actually says anything. He just kind of holds that gesture for a second and looks confused. Oh, well, I guess someone then has offered to fulfill your duties as assistant to Clara, so... We'll leave it up to you then, Mr. Sot. Would you like to come ashore or stay on the boat? Um, uh, I think I'm going to help you guys. I think I'm going to come help you guys. All right. It's way too damp up here. Fair enough. All right, to the boats, everybody. Bye. And yeah, Cobb will row everybody on over to shore. Okay. Cobby rode the boat ashore. I'm sorry, I had I had piano teacher flashbacks just then. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, I know that there's a music joke in here somewhere, but it's not coming to mind and maybe we'll leave it at that this time. Maybe maybe we will. Maybe we will. But that being said, now that we have rowed the boat ashore, kind of island is this up close? Obviously not tropical, but like, you know, is the sand all rocky? Are we got like trees and stuff. Paint us a picture, Game Master. The island is a long one. You can't really see end to end, although it could be that you can see through it to the other side. 
The parts of it where trees can grow are covered in forest. Some of it quite tall. But for the most part, it is a low island covered in damp, coarse, gray, gravelly sand that seems to link it to the next island in the chain and reach out almost as far as the West Breaker. The water here is only warm for a couple inches before giving way to the kind of deep cold that the Northern Ocean is definitely capable of. There is a gentle prevailing wind that sweeps over the island. And on it, you can smell flowers and herbs and tree, probably. The sun is warm, but little else about the place is. And what few large rocks there are are in the process of being beaten down to gravel. All right, well, Cobb just kind of looks around as he's sort of hauling, hauling the boat in. Well, it's going to take us a couple hours to find everything we need here. The, you know, the, the island is very long, right, but not very, like, wide. Yeah. You can see something glittering on the other side of the trees, which, if your estimation is correct, is the ocean on the other side. Well, we certainly have a long length of area to cover here, so let's let's get working and looking. I guess on the plus side, though, it'll be very easy for us to keep in contact with one another. Not, it's pretty hard to be lost on, uh, I guess, an island this thin. My next question is, could all the people, all of them, the people, make me, I'm going to say, understanding survival nautical roles? I can do that. One success and one edge success. Okay. Cool. Four successes and two edge successes. Double this is cool. rolling hot. Tissa has eight dice on this roll. <laughs> Tissa good at. Oh, I just got two edge successes, apparently. Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. I'm going to give it to uh, Tissa for having an amazing role and Cobb for having an easier role. Basically, you two, having succeeded, are aware of the intro. Oh. Oh, hey. I've given you the power to know what the intro is. <laughs> Cobb probably knows it from just, you know, yeah. the old, the tales. That's why one success was enough for Cobb to get this, because Cobb rolls with this kind of crew. After a little bit of, of wandering around and that kind of stuff, Cobb just kind of like stops and says, you know, I think I've heard, and this might have just been, you know, drunken barroom talk, but I think there's supposed to be buried treasure somewhere out here. Treasure? Like, for realsies. Sot kind of slowly raises his hand. Yes, I know. But... Yeah, what was there was the the Ramsey treasure. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember Ramsey. We never dealt with her that much. She was a lot more of the, uh, uh, shall we say, self-starter. We were a lot more of the community service kinds of piracy, if you catch my drift. And and Cobb is doing this like weird thing with his hands where he's like trying to shuffle and 
everybody's probably just looking at him weirdly, but he's still doing it anyways because he's mm-hmm. trying very hard to be the better pirate in this situation, which no one, I'm sure, is buying. <laughs> Sot kind of takes a minute. He's intently focused, like, oh, I, yes, right. <clears throat> the difference between pirates and privateers. <laughs> I remember this. Privateers are given a commission by a state or other governing body to do piracy? Yes. So sanctioned piracy? Yeah, sanctioned piracy, essentially. Um, well, I'm not going to say that she wasn't also a privateer. We all are at some point. Let's just say the captain's views on hoarding wealth and other pirates' views on hoarding wealth were very different. Mm-hmm. Mm. The captain always said, wealth doesn't do you any good if you don't spend it. Mm. It probably also doesn't do you any good on an island. Yes, that's the other thing, that it doesn't do anyone any good if it's out here in the middle of nowhere. So we'd be doing a good thing by collecting it. It's just sitting here. I mean, I assume she she planned on coming back for it? Is that what's happening? Pirates who did bury treasure, of which, to be fair, did not actually happen as often as you would like to think. Mostly because, well, at least for my crew, we usually spent it very quickly. Mm. The biggest thing, though, is mostly the fact that you... Let's just say it's a profession where you have to move quickly and long-term planning can fall apart uh, very rapidly when the authorities close in. A mast probably isn't the sort of thing that you would include with your buried treasure, though. No. The mast we are still going to have to use Clara's, um, and then Cobb kind of takes the axe out and sort of like tests its sharpness and... Big guy, you need your fingernail. Uh, I'm assuming Cobb does the Nick thing and and gives himself a slight cut. He says, yeah, that's that's real sharp. <laughs> and everyone just kind of stares at Cobb like, why'd you do that? Why'd you make that life choice? I'm assuming. It is quite sharp. But yes, we are going to need to cut down one of these ourselves. However, and Cobb kind of looks a little dejected for a moment. I guess while I'm going to have to do this saying is... Well, no offense to the rest of you, except I guess maybe Penelope, but you don't really look like you're in wood chopping shape. And mm. and Cobb kind of looks back at the axe. Mm, maybe it's best if I use it anyways. I don't know. Miss Penelope's pretty tough. Well, I could help. Mostly Cobb, Cobb is trying to get across that he, he doesn't really trust Penelope with the axe. I could help guide the tree. Don't Don't the lumberjacks usually have like to make sure the tree falls the right way? No, oh, yes, actually. That's... Uh, and I'm... I guess... A little reluctant, too. But yes, you would make a good... Uh, a good tree topper. Yes. Well, especially seeing as you have a friend who can fly you up there. But I think maybe Penelope and I should take a look for a new mast. Tissa and Sot, if you would like to maybe look around... We could certainly use a refill on the old coffers. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's good because all of the trees sound the same here. They're all the same one. Yeah, Cobb looks around. 
islands tend to do that. One tree gets here, and then, well, you know, one tree got here. Yeah. I guess it's like a wheat field where, like, seeds spread, and it's all seeds from the same. Yeah, from, from what I remember the captain telling me, that was usually how it worked. It sounds like Tissa knows a little bit more about this than I remember from listening to the captain's passing science lectures. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. So the party carries on into the woods, and I would like some survival rolls. I'm going to give Penelope an additional dice on this, because this is a trees thing. This is a survival boreal rule. All right. Roll whatever facet you like. Let's find ourselves a good tree. Wait, no. Roll sensitivity. What am I? Sensitivity survival. Sensitivity survival? All right. Yeah. Cobb got two edge successes. One success and two edge. (laughs) Two success and two edge. Oh. Okay. So there are three trees all standing pretty close to each other. And... They all look like they could make pretty good mast. However, if you take one of them, it is, given the shape of the terrain, defo going to fall into the other two, making them unusable. And I think you guys each pick a different tree. Hmm. So we don't know which one will fall into the others? Oh, no, um, any given one of them. There's like a little hollow in the ground, like a gentle inward slope. Oh, so if you take any one of these three trees, you will not be able to take the other two. And Penelope, you think it is the easternmost one. Tissa, you think it is the westernmost. And Cobb thinks it is the southernmost of these trees. I think this tree would work best. And if I get some rope set up, I could help guide it. And I think it would fall on a pretty safe and clear path this way. Penelope's kind of like motioning towards a slightly more clear area that she thinks she could possibly guide it to due to her understanding of trees. And by understanding of trees, I mean not really. <laughs> mm. Tissa just points at the one that she's standing by. <laughs> Cobb is just sitting there like he's by the one that he's picked, but he's, he's thinking. He might be here a while. <laughs> Penelope um, hops on Polly and gets a, like, an aerial view just to see if she can ascertain any more info about this terrain and these trees. Uh, give me a roll. Tell me what you're rolling. Uh, if you say sensitivity boreal, I'm not going to let you do it. You already did it. I'll make this just a pure adaptability roll because she doesn't really know much about trees, but she's just trying to like roll with things and do something from a little bit different. So I, I think just a pure adaptability. Go for it. One success. One success of just, like, looking at trees, trying to figure out which one can turn into mast? Yeah, like, she's in the air now and trying to see which one would be, like, okay, from this vantage point, do I notice any other information about how the roots spread or, like, which tree would be the easiest to to fell? Cobb is going to roll sensitivity humanity to figure out who he should listen to. Okay. So here's what I can tell uh, Penelope is that the tree that Cobb has picked actually um, begins to turn as it gets higher up, meaning that it's not straight for its entire length. Oh, okay. Which means 
one of the three trees is unsuitable for a mast, at least. Okay. What was that roll, Nick? Cobb got three successes on sensitivity to humanity. He is paying attention to his friends for once. Tissa knows so much more about this kind of thing than Penelope does. Cobb just kind of like looks and kind of squints and looks back and forth and just goes, we're taking Tissa's tree. Yeah. All right. Tissa's the one who notices things about plants. Here, and uh, Cobb is like picking the axe up to throw it and then goes, no, wait, no, (laughs) no, no. Look, this is extremely dangerous. I'm not going to throw you this mm-hmm. axe. So come come down here and get it. So she comes down and, so. and picks up the axe. Now, I was never a shipwright? Wainwright? Wainwright, I think. Yeah. I didn't make the ships. I just sailed them. But I knew a lot of folks who were. And I do remember listening to a little bit of the chatter that the captain would have talking to him down at the yards. If I remember correctly, we ought to take the top off first, and then we take the rest of the tree off. So I will leave it up to you then, Penelope, to get the branches off the top of the tree, and then you can bring the axe down, and I'll take the branches off the bottom of the tree, and then we'll cut it down. Sounds like a good plan. Okay. To execute this plan, I am going to ask for some rolls. All right. Uh, sensitivity boreal again for tree? No. Not for use axe on tree. Uh, oh, uh, using a- athletics. Yeah. Sensitivity athletics? Because I'm trying to be like, it's not just like whack. I have to like do things with finesse. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I will allow this. Yes. I like the idea of Penelope like up there, like forcing, trying to get... Um, Pollyanna to stay still while she lines up the perfect cuts and everybody's at the bottom just going like just just please nope alright <laughs> everyone's just kind of like hissing in two successes and one edge no two successes will do the trick I think yeah alright for two successes uh, yeah you managed to clear some of the top branches off and the, the portion of the top that's unusable Sweet. The only problem is that it is, in fact, taking a lot of time because she's being very careful and for good reason. Mm-hmm. So Tissa got three successes on adaptability navigation. She's just wandering off. Okay. Okay, good. I think... Let me just, uh, let me just roll some dice. Cobb is also going to, noticing Tissa watch off, going to say to Saw, uh, follow her, would you please? Make sure she stays out of trouble. She does this sometimes. Yes, sir. Thought just kind of starts following Tissa to see what kind of trouble Tissa gets into. What was that roll again? It was adaptability navigation with three successes. Three is so many successes. Okay. So you wander to a place in the woods where the island's kind of granite structure hasn't yet been pounded into sand. And there are some large, heavy boulders that they don't quite form a mountain because it doesn't reach up taller than the trees, Mm -hmm. but it does add some significant texture to this island and presumably a pretty good place to either hide something or to figure out where a thing could be hidden. Um, What are the spell pieces around here? 
Spell pieces around here are guided, glittering, enchanted, note, and leaf. I'm not sure what finding note does, but I like the way that the words are put together aesthetically. Okay. Finding note. We're not sure what it does. You, you whistle a little ditty and you hear an <laughs> echo somewhere, somewhere that you want to go. I don't know, how, how about this? How about just like a weird metaphysical sonar? Hmm. Yeah. Tissa doesn't really know what she's looking for. Like, I know that she talked about the treasure, but she's more interested in, like, whatever happens to run across. Sonar works. I don't know. Okay. So, I think, since you stated you're not, like, explicitly looking for treasure, how about a note sounds that will reveal to you a certain number of facts about this place? Uh, one scatter per. Your choice. Uh, let's scatter three. Okay. You're casting it from just, like, where you are? Uh, she's gonna scramble on top of one of the rocks and then do it. Okay. Give me daring athletics. Scramble on up there. I just want to say that I really like this island because the way it's been described to me reminds me a lot of the Oregon coast. Mm. I've been out west. that vibe, too, yeah. Uh, that looks like, um, two successes and one edge. Two successes will get you up there. Sot can't do it. He keeps sliding down. It's hilarious. He's like, shh, down to the ground every time he tries. So. Of course, if this is anything also like the Oregon coast, that Cobb is kind of regretting his apparel choice at the moment. Actually, based more on the, um, the area where I grew up. The St. Lawrence River Valley. Ah. Did you know that Thousand Island dressing was named after a place? I do now. Yeah. A lovely place, I might add. So, Sock can't climb this. He can't climb this, but he's doing his best. I think he scampers up a nearby tree so that he can at least kind of keep line of sight because he has been ordered to do so. And Tissa casts Finding Note. And what happens next is that a clear sound rings out like the chiming of a crystal bell. Just one perfect note. And it spreads out as far as sound can travel. And Cobb and Penelope, while you're working on the tree, you hear it too from further away than you thought Tissa had managed to make it. Mm. She moves fast when she wants to. Oh, Oh, yeah, I guess. Where did she go? Well, if that chime is anything. Sounds like she's. Oh, God. What is distance in this setting, cat? I don't know. Over there. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that Cobb says, like, when he thinks in distance, he thinks in terms of, like, nautical miles. So yeah. if he says, like, oh, it seems like she's half a mile out, what Cobb is thinking may not also be what Penelope is thinking. Okay. So. The way the note echoes back, you hear the note come back muted, weirdly quiet from the southern tip of this long stretched out island. From another one of the islands in this chain, several of which you can see from here, it comes back darker, twisted as if it were made from an iron version of that same crystal bell. And 
from the bay where the Westbreaker is anchored. It seems to fall flat, weirdly, as if there's something wrong there with the air. Okay, so Tissa had that sort of like cocks her head, thinks about it for a second, and hops back down. What are we doing? How do I... Well, there's something here, and then there's also something on that island. And then there's also something where we where the robots are, but it's... I don't know. It's different. He nods as if he understood what you said. Mm. Mm-hmm. How are these ones for climbing? They look kind of like the bark's weird. Yeah, it's, um, it's real itchy. It's real itchy. Mm. It's actually quite itchy. Oh. And he kind of brushes the fragments of bark off himself, but not hard to climb, just itchy. Okay. Mm. Just uh, like spends a couple of seconds nodding. Sot starts nodding too, just kind of (laughs) out of a sympathetic reflex. (laughs) Should we go tell Mr. Cobbler? Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, three successes on a navigation, it means that you do know where they are. (laughs) So let's head back. Yeah. And you head back just in time to see one of those three trees tumble. Are you supposed to yell something? Woohoo! Yells Penelope. She's Mm. real excited to watch this tree. (laughs) Cobb kind of thinks for a moment. Oh, probably. I don't remember. (laughs) Do you sing a song? I could do that. (laughs) So, um, during the woohoo, before Sot and Tissa rejoin the party, my question for the for you is this: What have you got on adaptability athletics? Please roll it. I have a lot of that. Uh, Don't get bunked by tree. One success, one edge success. That was a very bad roll. Bad roll. Cobb is, Cobb is thinking about what you yell while the tree is falling down. <laughs> is not really paying attention. Four successes, one edge. Oh yeah, Penelope's fucking fine. Penelope yells woohoo and just executes a flawless dodge of this falling tree. She's super excited. She's super into this. <laughs> you know what? What? I think that the time has come. Cobb, if you keep this edge success, something on your person is going to break. Well, Cobb's going to keep the edge success because he doesn't want to get hit by a tree. Okay. He may be a big... A big boy, but nobody's that big. Okay. So, um, Cobb, you stumble backwards out of this enormous falling mast-to-be's way. And over a buried rock, a large one, a piece of immovable granite embedded in the surface of this island, and there is a loud clanging noise and when you look down at yourself your captain saber is um the hilt portion of it has been just tremendously fucked up by the weight of this big boy falling more or less directly onto it onto a rock oh god jeez crap and Cobb kind of like takes it out is the oh good the blade's okay oh I'm gonna have to get that fixed 
As soon as Penelope is disenchanted from the tree, she like looks over and sees Cobb. And says, Are you okay? I'm fine, but oh man. Uh, Cobb is just kind of like got his one hand like on his face and just looking at the banged up hilt. <sighs> I'm going to owe Claire a big time for this one. You know, Ashley, you might not need to owe her. She might want to even do it just because it's exciting to her. Well, we'll see how she's feeling. She can be devious when she wants to. So, um, it looks like, it looks like the tree is on, is on the ground now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sot learned that these ones are real itchy. So itchy. And he started, like, fidgeting. Like, he's... Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> hmm. We learned some stuff, that there's some stuff over there, and some stuff over there, and some stuff at the rowboats. Yeah, exactly. What kind of stuff? Sot shrugs. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sot and Tissa <laughs> shrug in unison. <laughs> I mean, there's supposed to be treasure here, but some of it sounded like the ship, and some of it sounded weird, and some of it sounded not very exciting, but sounded here. But I don't know. It's something. Well, we're probably going to have plenty of time to go investigate that, because, um, and Cobb looks down at the log. We need to figure out how to get this back over to the boat. We didn't really think that through, did we? Cobb kind of looks around. You know, it's not too far, actually, over to the shore. Think we can roll it there? Uh, how, how far apart are the trees? Right here where you are, fairly far apart. Definitely closer together than the length of this log, though. I think we're going to need to drag it. Penelope... I mean, okay, are we keeping track, everyone? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Polly, uh, you're going to hate me. Uh, she, like, digs through a saddlebag and has kind of, like, a really rudimentary kind of... Well, we've got plenty of rope back on the ship if we need some extra rope. Yeah. And we have we have other crew members, too. True, we'll have to go. We, we'll definitely want to go back and get some of the other, uh, some of Marcus's entourage to come help mm. us out. Then if we all are carting it out, that'll make it much easier. Okay. So we are headed back to the bay? Yeah. Alrighty. So the first thing you notice is that much of the crew is on the beach. Kind of spread out, spreading out whatever needs to be dried by the sunlight here. There's a couple of them kind of Spear fishing, trying to see what we can do about provisions. Marcus is, it takes you a second to see him, but he is sprawled on the ground under kind of a makeshift shelter. And Clara is bustling around yelling. What's she yelling about? Mostly orders. She's probably the ranking officer if the, ca- if the Marcus is indisposed. Seems about right. I don't think Penelope has paid much attention to how the command works exactly, but I think, I mean, she knows Marcus is in command and Clara's the second person (sighs) that she talks to, so. From Penelope's point of view, that's... Wait, you guys are back empty-handed? Well, Clara, I'm, 
I'm a big guy. I'm not that big. We need some okay. help. Okay. All right. We can do this. Okay. Okay. All right. She starts yelling at two of the people who are working on the sails. Some over. Okay. All right. Mast. Next priority is fresh water. Lost a lot of our supply. Mm. And we're going to need a lot of it. Um, well, I know how to get a little bit of it, but yeah, we are going to have to find a well or something like that around here. Mm. Cobb knows how to set up basically like a, I guess, primitive still. Yeah. To, we should probably do that just to begin with, though. Here, I'll, I'll show a couple of guys how it's done. Um, we'd had to do this a few times. It takes a while, but it does collect water. Okay. Next thing. I need you guys to be real careful. Mm-hmm. Oh? Yeah. Why? Is something... Did you see someone? Something? No. And Cobb kind of, like, looks around. I unfortunately don't think that the Carnelson's crew are still around, so it can't be them. Ugh. Not that. Sorry, it's just something that you, you get into the habit of when you're out here. Commanders took a turn for the worst. Fever, bad one. Mm. Mm. As the most qualified field medic, I have taken command. Mm. Very well, then. What do you need from us? I told you what I... Yes, water. We're going to get to the... Do you need us... Actually, you know what, Tissa? Mm-hmm. Let's go look for curatives. Ah. There's got to be something around here that can either help with fever, help with pain, help with inflammation. These trees aren't the only thing here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Just please be careful. If you find yourself getting tired, come back here right away. Oh. Mm. I mean, you can't have caught it out of nowhere, so... Anyway, this happens sometimes. To him? Mm. When the commander overdoes it, he, uh... He usually gets sick after, but usually it's just a sniffle. It's not like this. Mm -hmm. Well, Cobb is also going to roll his understanding survival to see if he can't remember any, like, maybe aquatic, like, seafood or any... Not seafood, seaweed, other things like that that might be in the area that could help with medication. Penelope's going to do an understanding medicine. Okay. Cobb got one success, one edge success. Okay. So, with one success, you see weed, you eat it. <laughs> hey Thanks, Kirsten. I can always count on you. Let's see. If you keep that edge success, the curative that you locate is one that comes with some side effects. Well, I think we will keep that one. It'll be Clara's final call to use it, and Cobb will mention that, but he'll go dig it up. Okay. And Penelope's going to take a look at Marcus to see if she can discern any more information about his symptoms, like more specifics. Okay. What have you got? One success, two edge. Oh, jeez. If you keep the two edge successes, there will be a slight misdiagnosis. Uh, you know, if there's already going to be said, uh, no, she's going she's gonna to play it safe. Okay. Yeah, you can tell that he is just he is drenched in sweat. He is flushed, and he's ordinarily kind of quite pale. He's grumbling 
whether he's grumbling at or about anything in particular is difficult to say. The splint on his arm has been changed, but it is still bound up. And he kind of lolls his head over and just... Oh, Miss... Miss... Mazd? Yes, Mazd. we're getting that for you uh, to get the ship ready. And she, like, takes her handkerchief from around her neck, and I assume there's, like, some of the little bit of water that might be left is probably beside him, right? Yeah. She kind of takes just a little bit of cool water and puts it over his forehead and resettles him so that to make him more comfortable. And we're also going to see if there's something that can help with his fever. Clara's in, in charge. Just hmm? listen, just listen, listen to Clara. Clara's in charge. She's doing I am a very fine. Good job. Yes. I have overdone it. Okay. I am fine. Clara is being dramatic. Okay. Hmm. Well, you Yes. You Clara's take being it dramatic. easy and You didn't... No, it looks like you didn't die. Well, that's good. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> we, we, we are alive. Thank you. And he just kind of lulls over and seems to fall asleep. Penelope isn't quite, quite convinced that he's fine. <laughs> he insists he's fine. Do you not trust him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, seems like he's got a pretty bad fever. Probably not thinking super clearly. So Cobb comes back with a handful of twisted, dark-colored kelp. It's uh, naughty-looking and shiny, dark, blackish-red. So, I found this. We used to call it uh, devil's weed. Sounds ominous. Well, there's a reason why we called it devil's weed. Um, Let's call everything devil's something. (laughs) That's one of the reasons. The other thing is that to use it so, to use it correctly, we have to dry it out. Uh, Once it's dry, then uh, you mash it up, you boil what's left over, let it reduce, and then you give it to them. It tastes absolutely terrible, and in some people it can give you the runs really badly. Oh. And make you feel like the devil's fighting inside your guts. Oh. Does it do other things? Um. Occasional hallucinations. <laughs> oh, dear. Just a little bit. It does help with fever. I know from firsthand experience I have had it before. I didn't get the hallucination, which they tell me is lucky. Some people don't get it. I did get the rest of it, though, and it wasn't pleasant. But, you know, it, it's preferable to dying. Yeah, I, I say we start drying it. How does it, we just sun dry it? Just sun dry it. Hey, Grabby? Yeah? I say what we do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, Grabby? And she reaches up and she puts her hands on both of your cheeks and she locks eyes with you. Grabby. Yes? Clara's in charge, okay? Cobb is already going out to lay this, the, the devil's weed out. Okay? Yes, I, uh... Yes, ma'am. I, uh, I, uh, I stepped out of line. Girl. There's a good girl. And she has to reach up on her tippy toes to give you a pat on the head. She is trying to be condescending, but she is so much shorter than you that it is extremely difficult. All right. The mask needs to be fixed, 
but we need to deal with this because the last thing I want is an epidemic. So, you guys find anything else? Yeah, yeah, there's some stuff in the island change, and the trees are really itchy too. And so that's what we found so far. We haven't had a chance to locate water yet. Good job, guys. Okay. Water. I'm going to keep an eye on things back here. I don't imagine it's going to get too hot even once noon rolls around. But again, if you find yourself overheating or getting tired, you come right back here. Okay? Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, we, we, we will make, um, we will be very vigilant about um, making sure that if we start to feel anything, we come right back to you. Okay. Penelope? Mm-hmm. Penelope? Mm-hmm. And she just kind of, she puts a hand on your shoulder. I deputize you. Oh, I deputize you. you, Assistant Clara. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's Keep your eye on these two goopers. And if they seem sick, I need you to pick them up with your big dumb muscles and bring them back here. I, I will do my best. Okay. You're a good deputy and I believe in you. Penelope's going to make a medicine roll just to like, as a keeping eye out for any signs of other illness. Oh, apparently she, well, one success. She's trying her best. One success, one edge. I'm just going to periodically ask you for rolls as we go along. Okay. So, yeah. You don't have to make that roll right now. Okay. I think as the party carries on, if anything happens, Penelope is there. Deputy Penelope is there. (laughs) Good old Deputy Penelope. Good old Deputy Penelope. Okay. So, um, party go back, get masked? Back to masked. Back to Mast. Party bring Mast back to back to beach. I'm assuming this goes fairly uneventfully. The dangerous part is already done. Anybody touch Mast? Um, touch Mast, get dizzy. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> Who the hell I was going to make that joke? I was going to, I was going <laughs> to do it, Nick. Oh, go to meme hell. <laughs> Where all the meme sinners live. I mean, like, Cobb and Penelope have been working on... Yeah. Have been working on the tree, like... So give me an adaptability roll. Just kind of a straight-up adaptability roll. Uh, one success, one edge success. One success. Okay. You... Both notice a rash beginning to spread on the any areas of exposed skin that may have touched the tree. Mm. Uh, the cob kind of the bark is fibrous. Sot did say it was itchy. Yeah. All right, gloves, everybody. Yeah. If you don't have gloves, um, no I gloves. Guess, well, I was just gonna say, you know, like jacket or shirt, something like that. Don't touch the trees; they're itchy. Yeah. It's not a severe rash. Like, it's not looking like it's going to blister or, like, open up in wounds or anything like that. But it is uncomfortable. We're going to need some more. We're going to need some more fresh water to wash this. Speaking of things that are sometimes deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) I stubbed my toe. (laughs) 
it's memory time. <laughs> uh, um, I actually think for me, my favorite memory is when Penelope is like, oh, and then if we do this to the tree and this to the tree, and then Tissa's just like, yeah, that one. <laughs> I like that. It was good. My memory is that Tissa was really insistent that the tree being itchy was the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Even though she that. spent three scatter on the other thing, and it turned out to actually be the most important thing. Maybe <laughs> not the most important thing, but it's very relevant. It turned out to be relevant, yeah. I like Clara's attempt at taking command. Clara's legitimately in charge. <laughs> Let's see. My memory is that the tale of the carnal sin and Captain Ramsey were based on my good friend Leslie's character from when we played together at uh, a pure speculation. So, oh, fun! Yay! Yeah. Shout outs to Leslie. Yeah, she's dope and she rules. Interesting trivia. Interesting trivia about all my friends. They're dope and they rule. That includes you guys. You guys are dope and rule. Thank you for playing with me. Well, thank you. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. The listeners are also dope and cool. They're extremely cool listeners. But you know what else is cool? What else is cool? Letting us know about your cool adventures. And Kat, where can they tell us about their cool adventures? They can tell us about their cool adventures, which are rad, at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter or by using the email form on sortofsymphonies.com. And we will get them, and we will read them, and you can bask in how cool you are with us, and we can all be cool together. And we will be delighted, and we will be so very happy. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Everyone will have fun. There are absolutely no downsides. There's zero downsides to choosing to do this. Listener, most of the time that people say that there are zero downsides, they are trying to hide the fact that there are downsides. Despite what my compatriots might sound like now, I would like to implore you that really, there aren't any downsides, I promise. It's not like the devil's weed. It has no side effects. Kat and Nick are just such jerks that they sound like they're up to something. (laughs) But they're not. They're not up to anything. Look, I would never meme on you, dear listener. I only do that to Kat. (laughs) 